As I said, the word of the Lord tonight is into thine hand. We'll be coming out of beginning in Psalm 31, verse 5. And we're going to be dealing with commitment. The word commit means to entrust something that you have into something or to someone else. Commit means to entrust. So all of us has things that we commit into other or into the hands of other people or other things or other superiorities such as God. To thine hand I commit my spirit. Psalms 31 verse 5 is the church today. Say amen if you have. It says, into thine hand I commit or entrust my spirit. For thou hast redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Two words in here that stands out. The first is entrust, commit. He committed his spirit into the hand of God, which is into the power of the living God. And when he did that, he says, he, he realized that thou hast redeemed me. That means to release one or make one free. You see, and that's what happens when we release ourselves into the hand of God. The Bible says that if we entrust ourselves, our spirit, into his hand, that means that we are committed within ourselves to believe that he has redeemed us or freed us or released us. It all means the same. It all means the same. So to be released from something means that we are being trapped by something, right? So this body of sin that we're in is a prison. It's a trap. And the Bible says that God has redeemed us, O Lord, God of truth. God of truth. Well, let's look at this word redeemed or freed. John 8, 31 and 32. John 8, 31 and 32. The New Testament. The word of the Lord says, when you get there, I'm going to read on. The word of the Lord says in John, the 8th chapter, verse 31 and 32, that then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. He was only speaking to those Jews that believed on him. He said, if, the biggest word in the universe is if, if ye continue. Now we're talking about being redeemed. We're talking about being released. We're talking about being freed, right? He said, well, in order to be this way, in order to be released, 
or free if ye continue in my word. Then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, because he's the Lord God of truth, it says in the book of Psalms. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And we discussed this before, that truth has to make you free before you can be set free. To be made free means to be conformed or changed into a new creature in Christ, okay? As in 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that any man that is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away and all things have become new. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you that free that redeemed, that released new creature in Christ. Can I get amen? amen? Verse 36 of John tells us that if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. If the Son make you free. Now, here's where we go wrong at church as human beings. Can I just talk to us from our human standpoint? Because we all do it. Now, we, we, we go after things and we think that it's going to make us free. So we're always going after things, thinking that it's going to bring us into a place of freedom. But what happens is, eventually, we discover that this thing that we thought was going to bring us freedom is really bringing us bondage. And what we do is we become a prisoner to it. And what happens is then we become a heretic to God because now we become in bondage to something that we thought would make us free. But the word says here, if the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Psalms 37, 5. I'm talking about commitment. Psalms 37, 5. Because if the word can't do it, I always say it don't need to be done. Do y'all agree with that? Amen. Psalms 37, verse 5. Talking about Amen. commitment. Are we there? First, God says, I want you to, into thine hand, the prophet David speaks about Jesus Christ on the cross. <coughs> he's speaking of himself, but he's also speaking of prophecy in Christ. Because David was going through something at that time also. And he realized that the only way that I'm going to get free of this thing is that I'm going to have to release myself into the hand of the Lord. I'm going to have to release my spirit. Because everything else that I've least released myself into, all it's done to me was causing me pain and despair. Do you all agree with that? Eventually it'll get us, won't it? What'll make us happy? Also make us sad, won't it? What'll make us laugh or also make us cry? Have y'all ever did that? We started out laughing with it, but at the end of it, oh, Lord, my God, what have I done? And that's the way it is when we allow the wrong thing to attempt to be freed up from. Now, the word of the Lord says that after we commit our spirit into his hand, it says, now, Psalms 37, verse 5, commit thy way 
unto the Lord. John 14, 6 says, I am the way. Now, it's telling us here that you got to commit your way unto the Lord. And Jesus says, I am the way, and if he is the I am. We talked about that before, that he's not, I was the way, he's not, I will be the way, he is the present way. And in that present way, we have to release our way into his way. We have to commit our way into his way. Because the Bible says that there's a way that seems right unto a man, but the end result thereof bringeth what? Death. And so we, we know about the way that our way does to us. It hurts us, it harms us, it brings despair. We know about the way that God's way brings to us. But here's the problem. The decision has to be made to continuously commit our way unto the Lord, and he'll do what? And trust also in him, and whatever it is we want in life, he said, he'll bring it to pass. But here's what the thing is. He'll bring it to pass. Process. So we start on the way, but we don't give God time enough to finish the process for us. So what we always do is we, we, fall, we come short of what God has for us. See, we don't understand that, yes, God has all of this stuff for us. He has all these spiritual blessings in heavenly places for us. But God can't give it to us because all of these things are found in his way. So if we don't allow ourselves and our way to be committed to him continuously, what happens is that we keep missing out because we never reach that place where the next thing is for us, where the next blessing is for us because we don't go through the process. He said, if you commit your way unto the Lord and trust in him also, then he should bring it to pass. Well, let's look at Proverbs 16. Verse 2 and 3. Proverbs 16, verse 2 and verse 3. He's talking about commitment. First, he says, into thine hand do I commit my spirit. I entrust my spirit. When I do that, then I've got to commit my way unto him, and I've got to trust in that which I committed my spirit into. If I want him to bring what I want to pass. Because I can't commit myself to him and then take it back. I won't be able to get what there for me that way. See, I have to allow myself to trust God all the way. It says all the way. Are we there? Amen. Proverbs 16, verse 2 and 3 says, All the ways, not some of the ways of a man, but all the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes. A man 
will always try to validate how he sees himself and why he does what he does when he does. But he didn't know that the Lord weighs the spirit. See, in his own eyes, he's right. In his own eyes, he's clean. He can see everybody else doing him wrong, but go back and let's see where you went wrong in this. I was talking to a pastor today about that, you know. I had to sit him down. We had to talk a little while, you know. Before I can help you with your people, then what I got to do is I got to talk to you about you. And let me tell you how I can talk to you about you. Let me tell you about me and what I've been through with you. And if you want respect and if you want integrity, then you got to uphold the office that God has given you. Because if you don't, people will lose respect for you. They will do it. So let's go back and let's not blame everybody else. First, let's go back and let's see where we went wrong at. And then you come before the people and then you let them people know. And then you start walking in integrity and then your integrity will be restored with the people. But now you can't keep doing what you're doing and wondering, well, why is this happening to me? It's happening to you because you keep coming out of the way. And God can't give you what he has for you to have. So now, after you've committed your spirit into the hand of the Lord, you've entrusted it there, and after you have committed your ways into the way, the I am the way, after you've done that in Christ Jesus, now you've got to commit your works. Look at verse 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord. See, he's giving us instructions here. He's telling us what to do. He's going from one thing to another. Telling us what to do. He's not sitting here and popping off at the mouth at us. No. The Spirit of the Lord is showing us in his word what and how he wants to do it in our lives. But you see, we have to be joint heirs with him. We have to be in covenant agreement and co-laborers with this thing with him, you know. So he tells us here. He says, now, I want you to understand that. I want you to commit thy works unto the Lord. And, if you do, and thy thoughts shall be established. You see, now he's talking about your way of thinking. If you commit your works, so you've committed your spirit, then you come back and you commit your way into his way and you trust in the Lord and you allow him to start bringing all these things to pass. Now you commit your works unto the Lord. Let everything that you do be done to the Lord. That's what the Bible tells us. So now our hands are working for the Lord. We've committed our work unto God. Not to ourselves, but unto God. So what God does is God shapes and molds our mind in the process of us doing the work. He teaches us and establishes our thoughts in him. That's how he does that, see? It's a spiritual thing. It's got everything to do with the spirit. See, while you're doing what you're doing, God is doing something in us. See, that's where we go wrong at. That's what we don't give God time enough to finish. We keep tearing down what God is building up. I'm talking about man. 
I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about his church. We keep doing that, see? So what we have to do is we have to learn to stay in there and hang in there with God. That's why he keeps telling us, look, don't walk by sight, but walk by faith. Because there are going to be some times when you got to walk by the night season. And you're not going to be able to see nothing. Except his word. And the only way you're going to see his word is through faith. Because I'm going to tell you something about life. Life can get so dark on you that you really can't see no light. Except through the faith in his word. Because the light itself, you won't be able to see it. Only by faith. Now, I know for a fact I know what I'm talking about now. Your soul can be placed in a place called hell so deep until praise won't be able to get you out of there. See, praise can't get you out of every situation. I'm gonna tell y'all, y'all, you now I'm going contrary to your little belief. It, that's exactly right. See, you have to experience some things before you understand that. That's why everything sounds good ain't good. You know, you jump around, you can do everything you want to, but your praise ain't nothing but a sacrifice. That's all your praise is. The Bible says obedience is better than sacrifice. So if all you got is some praise and you still living like hell, let me tell you something. You can get put in a grave and, hey, you can be so messed up down off in there that your praise don't reach nowhere. It's in a vault. And you be all messed up. So why you have that open door to praise, praise it. Amen. While it's working for you. Don't get in a position where it ain't working for you no more now. Where you just, like a lot of people in church, they just, they, they give it lip service. They are, I mean, with their lips. But their heart are not with me. Praising it, speaking in tongues, doing everything else. But their hearts are not with me, he said. And we're going to get into that in a minute. He said, look, I want to establish your thoughts in you. I want to establish your thoughts in the work that you do. But you got to commit your works to me if you want me to establish your thoughts. Let's go to Luke 16. Let's go to Luke 16, the 16th chapter. Praise the Lord, everybody. Certainly love you. Certainly love you all. Certainly do miss you. Tell where I'll go. Ain't nothing like my family. Nah. I don't care how good a time I got, I'm telling you. If my family ain't got it with me, then something is just missing. Now, that's the way I feel as your pastor. Now, that's how I feel about it. I'm proud to lead you in the Lord. I'll tell you that right now. I'm proud of it. Now, the word of the Lord says in Luke 16, verse 10 through 12. Let's go there. Because he wants to show us something. Say amen. The word of the Lord says in verse 10. Luke 16, verse 10. He that is what? Faithful. That word faithful is trustful. He that is faithful in that which is least. He that is faithful in that which is least 
is faithful also in what? And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in the most. It sounds to me like what God is trying to tell us here that it doesn't matter whether you got a little or you got a lot. It ain't in the amount of nothing that you got. It's in whether or not you're faithful with what you got or not. And God has all these. Remember I told you that God has all of this? All these spiritual blessings in heaven and faith. They're really there. I mean, just because you've never been to New York or you have, you know, don't mean New York ain't there. You just got to get on the right road and keep it going if you want to reach New York. And then when you reach New York, then you got to sojourn in it and find out what New York is all about. You know what I'm saying? Just because you ain't never been there, you can't tell somebody else they ain't been there if they done experienced it. And they're trying to tell you, yeah, it's there. No, it's not. Because I ain't never been there. So? That don't mean it's not there. So you can't tell me what my Lord is saying to me about what he has for us if you've never experienced it. Or if you're not willing to desire to go and experience it. So the word of the Lord says here, it has nothing to do with how much of anything you got. It's all about how trustful God can trust you with what you got. If you're faithful over that which is least, you'll be faithful over that which is much. And by mercy. If what we have here as a congregation, if we are not respectable toward it and faithful to it, if we had a 10,000 of them, we still would be the same spirit. Amen. Only we'd have more of them jacked up. Because we'd be placing that old, that old sorry, half-done spirit that we got in them. You see what I'm saying? So the spirit of excellence starts with us. And guess what? It ends with us. Amen. There's a great weight on leadership in this house. Great weight. Don't play with that. Verse 11 says, if therefore, Luke 16, verse 11 says, if therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, that's the things of the world, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Now, the true riches are those things in heavenly places. Now, that who, change that who and place God there. Because that's the question. So, if you haven't been faithful over the things that you've achieved in the world, if you squandered it, then how is God going to trust you with true riches? But it don't stop there. It goes on in verse 12 and it says, and if, where if keeps coming up. If ye have not been faithful in that which is another man. See, that another man is the gift that Christ has given you. See, they belong to God. They belong to Jesus. He gave these things to us. But, but if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man, who shall give you that which is your own? Okay, that who is God again? The Father. Now, he has something for his son and his daughter. All right? Now, here's Jesus. This is how this thing goes. Here's Jesus, and here's the Father. 
Now the father is looking at us, and he sees Jesus giving us these gifts, these anointings, these talents. Now, there's a man, God gave him five talents, two talents his master gave, and one talent. Gave another one, one talent. Five, man doubled. So two, the man doubled it. The one talent, the man with the one talent, why is it that the one with the least is the one that does the least? And don't it seem like the one with the least will work the hardest to get more? It's, it's the mindset, the poverty mindset. That's the, see, 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 the poverty mindset, it'll take the seed and it'll eat it. You're supposed to plant it. You can't grow your harvest if you keep eating your seed. And if you don't have a one seed, plant the seed. Don't eat it. Because that one seed ain't going to fill you up no way. So you might as well plant it. Because you... <laughs> I mean, you always get... You always, at least you'll get some ears of corn. So I'm trying to teach you, church, don't eat the seed. If you got one seed, don't... Don't squander it. If you got one gift, don't squander Make use of it. Amen. Because what he did was, everybody else double it. The man with five got ten. The man with two got four. The man with one buried it in the earth and left it there. Now, the Bible says that, the Bible says if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man, now, Christ is the one that gave you the talent. And the Father is looking at this. Seeing what you're going to do with another man's gift that he's given to you. You understand what I'm saying? See, the Bible tells us in the book of Paul that Jesus received gifts. And then, though, they, so they were healed and ascended upon high. That's what it says in the book of Psalms. Now, in the book of Ephesians, the New Testament, those very same gifts, the Bible says, Christ gave gifts to man. So he gave what was his to us. And the Father looking at that, saying, what you going to do with it? So he's saying here, and if you've not been faithful in that which is another man, you know, them gifts, those anointings, those blessings that God gives who? Now, who is who? God. Who shall give you that which is your own? So if you can't be entrusted with that which Christ has given you, another man, then how is God going to give you all these spiritual blessings in heavenly places that Ephesians 1-3 talks about we have? Do, I, do it make sense to you? I mean, I mean, how can God do that? Knowing that's why I keep telling you, God ain't going to make everybody rich. That's a lie. He's not, he's not going to make everybody rich physically, I mean, you know, monetary-wise. But everybody is rich spiritually. But if you're a good, faithful person that can be trusted with it, then he'll take those spiritual blessings and manifest it into physical things. 
and whatever it is that you need, he'll make it happen. I want to share just a little bit of something. We had a call last night, then we And the guy called us from Atlanta and said, look, I want y'all to come to Kinsley University Saturday night because we're having a ebony, some kind of thing, ebony something down there where all the talented people come and the, you know, uh, 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 they get together and they say, now, they're going to be drinking. They're going to be doing some drinking and stuff. But he said, that don't bother you. I said, no, that don't bother me because I don't drink and I don't worry about that because I can be in the midst and still do what I need to do. So that don't bother me. So I said, he said, I want you to come because I'm going to have you open up in prayer and then I'm going to present you with a check. And it's going to be about 300 well-to-do people there. He said, I'm going to present you with a check for this cross-country event. And I'm going to ask, personally ask all them people there whether to also follow suit. He said, now, I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know whether they will or whether they won't. But I, he said, I know what I'm going to do. So that's good enough for me. That means God is in me. You understand what I'm saying? So what I'm trying to say is, is that if you commit your way unto the Lord the, and trust in him, the Bible says he'll give you, he'll bring these things to pass. Okay? We need what we need to take care of this event. The Lord's word says, he said how he was going to do it, but he always does it. So you get a call, and here it is, right in your face. Can't you see? Yes, I can see, Lord. I can see what you're doing. If you commit your works into him, it says, I'll establish your thoughts in it. And he said, I'll bring you before the great men. You don't have to do it yourself. You sit in the back. I'll have somebody come and bring you thoughts. You see, the Bible says when you go into these places, don't try to sit in a high place because they might come and somebody get, you'll get embarrassed because somebody will tell you, hey, look, that, that, that seat's reserved and you need it. And that ain't a good feeling. But if you sit back where you know it's not reserved and then let somebody call you up, God will bestow that honor on you. You understand what I'm trying to say? See, they don't get more know me than a man in the moon. But, uh, well, some of them do. When I, when I get there, they'll know me. Because some of them taught me in school. But the thing is, is that somebody else will propagate your, uh, uh, your reputation as a man of God instead of you trying to do it. You let somebody else do it for you. You don't have to do it. All you got to do is just follow the lead. See, God has already prepared the way. All you got to do is walk in. I'm telling you, this word works. This word works when you, when you do what I'm telling you to do, because that's what I'm doing. I'm not telling you to do anything that I'm not doing myself, and it's working for me, and it'll work for you. On a higher level, and it's already working. On a higher level, and it's already working, but you got to stay in the way, and you got to commit your work to him. And you got to commit your into his hand, your spirit. You got to do these things because, like I say, the Father is watching, and He's seeing what you're doing with the gift. I keep that. You you jump off that train. You right there where you are. 
Still right there where you jumped off the train at. You remember you told you said that? Still right there doing the same old thing and weeds growing up because you're not growing, you're immobilized. But when you look in the mirror and you see God moving in your life, it makes you want to continue on. And then when the winds start coming up against you, you know what it is. Where they used to ambush you, you have to be careful. And you pray. And you really believe. And thank God we got some praying folk that's, that's, that, that's constantly praying every night about situations. Because last night I prayed all night long. I really did. Now, the word of the Lord says that in 1 Corinthians uh, 4 2, that, let's look at that. 1 Corinthians 4 2. First Corinthians 4 2 says, talking about stewardship here. Are we there? Amen. Now, moreover, it's talking about a steward. It is required of a steward that a man be found what? If you are not being found faithful over that which is least, who's going to trust you over that which is much? If you haven't been faithful over those things of another man, then who's going to give you those things that belong to you? See, what I'm trying to say, church, is that you already own some things that God has already given you. It just haven't been turned over to you yet because you haven't been faithful enough to receive it from the one that's given you. That's the only reason. It's not because you don't have the Bible has already declared that we got it, we got it all. Whatever the Son has, we have. It's already declared. But that's a that's a big estate, people. That's a big ponderosa. And God just can't give that to you just like faith. You know. None of us can get it like that. We gotta be found faithful. The Bible says that a man got to be found faithful. Go to John 2, 23. John 2. 23 through 25. New Testament, John 2, 23 through 25. Say amen when you get up, please. Here it is, now. Y'all see that word now. The word now, when he, talking about Jesus, was in Jerusalem, which is peace. At the Passover, the time of the exemption of the man, it was in the feast day. And everybody was eating on this word of the Lord. And everybody was happy. Word of God says that during that time, that now time, many believed in what? His night. All right. Now, I don't let sound good, does it? That many would believe on his night. Now, when did they believe on his night? But I thought we walked by sight. I mean, I thought we walked by faith and not by sight. Huh? I thought we did. Well, but they believed when they saw the miracle. Hmm. All right. God's word talks about in John 6. Go to John 6, 26 and 27. John 6, 
scripture. John 6, 26 and 27. Are we there? The word of the Lord says, Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, that word verily, verily means truly, truly, I say unto you, ye seek me, not because ye saw the miracles, but because ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. He didn't say they believed. He said they saw him. He said, y'all didn't seek me for the miracles, but you sought me for the physical things I can give you. You know the tell your neighbor that God going to bless you with this and that. You know, that's why you sought me, because you came into the house of the Lord looking for a Santa Claus and a sugar daddy called God. Mm -hmm. You didn't come in the house of the Lord looking for him to be your supreme being, whether he gave anything to you or not, because he gave you life and health and strength. And that ought to be enough. Because you say, I'm going to take care of all that other stuff anyway. See, but see, you didn't come that way. You came to get a word from some proper liar about how you going to get stuff. How you going to get your stuff. That's what, you, that's what your motor in God is running on. And when you come in and the prophet don't give you that, now you are distraught because now you feel that you've been short-changed. But if he sit there and he tells you a lot, you'll come up and you'll put money all on the desk and throw it all down at his foot because he's telling you what you want to hear. But he's really telling you a bunch of lies. But you don't want the truth. You want to be lied to. You know how it is when you're in love. You'll listen to a lie and want to kill anything that brings you the truth about the situation. You don't want it. You know I'm telling the truth. Jesus said, look, you didn't follow me. You didn't seek me. Because he saw the miracles. That's not why you sought after me. You sought after me. Because you figured out you were going to get something material from me. To fill your calm desires. But he says in verse 27, I don't want you to, I want you to labor not for the meat which perishes. You know, the American time. I don't want you to labor after me for those things. But he says, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life, this word, which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. Now go back to John. Go back to John, the third chapter. Verse 23 through 24. Um, we see in verse 23 that many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. But in John 6, 26 and 27, we see that they, Jesus said, you sought me not because of the miracles. You believed because of the miracles, but you sought me because of what I could give you. So now, they come into the house of the Lord and they're seeking the fishes in the Lord. But when they get to the house of the Lord, they see them speaking in tongues, they see them rolling on the floor, they see them demons running all around the place, and they call it the anointing, 
But what happens is, is now, and they call it miracles, right? And some of it is. But how many of you know that the Bible says that the Antichrist don't do miracles too? It's going to make it look like it's real. So they came looking for the fishes in the load. They came looking for a, a word that was going to tell them that they were going to get material things. But when they came, they came in, what happened was they began to see what's called the miracle, the acts of God. Remember? And it was the acts of God that made them believe. Not the way of God, but the acts of God. Am I making myself clear? So what they did was they believed because of what they saw. And that's not the kind of faith, and that's not the kind of belief that God wants. Because the Lord told Thomas. He said, Thomas, because Thomas said, I'm not going to believe unless I see it, unless I see the holes in his hand and stick my hand in his side with a figure. I'm not going to believe Well, when he saw it, he bowed down and he said, my Lord, my God, I believe. But Jesus said, yeah, you believe because you saw, but blessed is he who has believed, but yet have not seen. We walk by faith and not by sight. See, God is looking for somebody that's going to believe him, not because they see somebody rolling on the floor running around the church like a fool, like an ape. They don't move God. They don't get it. See, God showed Moses the deliverer in you, the, his ways. Because the ways is in the sanctuary, the way of God. You see? But see, they believed because of the acts of God, the miracles. So Jesus knew this. So look what Jesus says here. Jesus says in verse 24, John 2, 24, but Jesus, he did not do what? Commit. Commit. We're talking about committing. Jesus said, the word of the Lord said, but Jesus did not commit on himself unto them because he knew all men. He knew that they were crazy. He knew man was believing not because they had faith in what he was doing, but because of the miracles that they saw with their natural eyes. Church, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, don't be fooled by what you can see in the natural. I don't care how many people come out the wheelchair. Don't be fooled by that. You better learn the way of God. And if you learn the way of God, you'll see a whole bunch of folk rising up out of the wheelchair while they're still sitting down in it. See, God is trying to get us to see things in the spirit realm, but look at the word. Verse 25 says, And needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. He knew man was full of, you know what? He knew it. He knew them jokers, them same jokers that was following him, seeking after him. He knew why they were seeking after him, because they wanted to be filled with them fishes and them loaves. He knew why them people believed in him because they saw him doing 
those miracles. You can bring a joker here, and you can bring him to Spartanburg or any place in the world doing miracles, and they'll swear it's God. And they'll follow him. And follow him right to hell. They'll never see to see if God is in. John the Baptist didn't do not one miracle. But there is no greater prophet, the Bible declares, than John the Baptist. Born of a woman. That's greater than John the Baptist. You know why? Because he prepared the way for the I am. And that's the greatest miracle it is. The greatest. And all he did was prepare the way. He didn't do none of those acts. But he called them a generation of vipers and asked them, who, who called you to come and repent? Oh, generation of vipers. Go to 2 Timothy. Oh, we're just about finished here. 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy 2. Three and four. Second Timothy two, verse two, three and four. I'll be there. The word of the Lord says, And the thing that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same do what? Commit. We're talking about commit. Same thing that's being taught through this word by the Spirit of the Lord in me. The same thing commit thou unto what kind of people? Faithful. Not just anybody, but faithful. Somebody say faithful. Who shall be able to teach others also? Jesus said, don't give what's holy to the dog. Don't cast your pearls among the swine because verse 3 says here in 2 Timothy 2, verse 3 says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good what? Of who? Mm -hmm. Endure the hardness. No man that war entangles himself. I'm talking about spiritual war here. No man that war entangles himself again with the affairs of what life? This life. That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. In other words, Galatians 4, 9 says, don't grow weary in your well-doing, but in due season, you will reap if you faint not. Remember I said, commit your way and trust God also, and he'll bring it all past. Don't grow weary in your well-doing, don't be like everybody else and allow yourself to be taken away, swept away. You know what does that? When you get out of the way yourself, when you start playing with yourself inside, you play with yourself. Don't lie. Playing with yourself. And what happened? We've all done it. And it's dangerous as hell to do that. Next thing you know, we messed up. We bring in stuff we ain't got no business bringing in. And then bring in spirit. See, we don't understand that it's not flesh and blood that we wrestle against. We don't understand that it's 
principalities and powers and rules of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places that we're dealing with. We don't understand. See, see we think that people are just people. But people got legions in That man said, what's your name? He said, legion, because we are many. And a legion is anywhere from six to 10,000 in one person. And you bring that up in your house? You've got to be careful, children. And then you wonder why you crazy? All of a sudden, you start acting like a fool, and you don't know, you know, anybody ever done that? And you're trying to figure out what's going on? You, you, you know what I'm saying? Oh, eyes be all rolled back in your head, you, and you don't know what's wrong with you. Oh, why? And, yeah, drooling all at the lip. I'm trying to tell the truth, man. Shoot, man. Now you got all them demons. You know what I'm saying? You done hooked up with them. You done hooked up with all that mess. Now you crazy as hell, too. Well, let's be real. Let's just tell it. We got to stop doing that to ourselves, man. We get God to straighten us out, and then we go back and act crazy again. God straighten us out like a yo-yo. Stop it. Let's all just stop the madness. Let's just stop it. Because what happened is that, that demon is trying to kill us. That demon will have us tricked. I'm, like, I'm trying to help him. You're trying to help the devil? The devil's trying to kill you. In your own house. In your own house. Why do you think that thing is poor and decrepit? Let me tell you something about Satan. Tell all y'all something right now about that demon. This is what that demon will do. That demon don't like dry places. That demon likes well-watered places. Because that's where he sucks the life out of us with. So he looks for somebody who want old dried up prunes. He looks for somebody that's flush, flourishing in the Lord. He can latch on to, like a mistletoe. A mistletoe looks real good on a tree, but don't you know a mistletoe will eat a tree up? A, leech, a, a mistletoe ain't nothing but a leaf. That's what a mistletoe is. And I done told y'all up in here about doing that. That thing will kill you. It will kill you, church. And what kind of pastor would I be if I didn't speak the word of God to try to save our lives? So now, you've taken, of course, another man You've taken what's another man, and the father's looking, and we've not been faithful with it. Because we've taken that which belongs to another man to try to help the devil with. But let me tell you something about the devil, all y'all, all of us. 
The devil don't want the God that we got. If the devil wanted the God that we had, then that thing that's housing that devil would be up in there with us. But the devil wants the blessing that God has bestowed on your life. Now, once you lose everything that you got, old fool had a husband, old fool had a wife, stop. Old dark man had him made, now he's dead. Found by the river. Nope, destruction. It can happen in a day. Just one wrong move. Just one. Just one. Stop helping these demons possess folks. Poverty will kill you. These people don't want nothing out of life. I keep telling y'all this week after week after week. These people don't want nothing out of life. They want what you got. They will use you. And see, you familiar spirited with them. And that's a danger right there. You don't owe them nothing. Nobody comes to in my house. Me and her. I'm talking about none of her family, none of that, none of mine either. I sent them to a motel somewhere or down to the mission. But no, you ain't coming up in here because I don't know what you housing and you ain't bringing it up in here. I have to get the mission. I don't want to stay at the mission just sleeping in the cold. Oh, y'all think I'm hard, don't you? I'm not hard, I'm wise. I don't got a little wiser. And you better get a little wiser too if you ever going to reach that, what, that who got for you, who got something for you. It's there. It's there. But you got to be real going to get it. Last scripture, First Peter four nineteen. Listen to me, church. Wherever you leave poverty. And those with that poverty mindset, wherever you leave them at, you let them stay there. Amen. <laughs> Did you hear me? Unless you want to be one of them too. Now, if you want to be one of them too, then that's fine. But as for me, I like living a good life. That's what I like doing. The easy life. Don't come out under this covering because of a fool. You need this covering, I'm telling you. Now look at this word, verse 19. This is it. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God do what? Commit. When you suffer according to the will of God, commit and trust the keeping of their souls to him in what kind of doing? Well doing. Not running out through y'all and asking out the fool, but well doing as unto a faithful creator. In other words, you're faithful to him because you know he's going to be faithful to you. Amen. 
I say, you pray for him because you know he's going to be faithful to you. Don't you got to do the same yourself. You let God do this. You let God handle this in your life. Don't you do it. And the same God that got you, the one that's got that poverty mindset, that don't want to go no further in life, after life beat them to death, and they decide to give God a true trial, then he'll do the same for them that he did for you. But don't you be a victim because you the cat and you don't look what the cat drug in. You don't do that. Do you ever, I always use this squirrel scenario. Do you ever see a squirrel, you see him getting them, but do you ever see a squirrel telling, bringing folks where his nuts is? No, I'm serious. They, 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 they are cleaner. I got a pecan tree on my mailbox that reaches the heaven, it seems like. But you can't hardly find a pecan on it. Done squirrels, done stripped it. And this was a good year, a bumper crop for them. For them. Man, them jokers are smooth something. More. But I don't, I myself personally, if I had to go and find one of them uh, uh, pecans, I wouldn't be able to do it. I would not be able to do it. That's how good they hide them things. And they know how to get back to every one of them through the snow, through the rain, through the winter. They know how to snip it out. But now, they don't let nobody know where their stuff is. They don't bring nothing else up in their house. They don't do that. I ain't connected to nobody like that. Not like that. I try to give you sound counsel. You want the God I got? You don't want the God I got, then, then you ain't got nothing in common then. Because right, all I see is lip service. You just talking. But God is looking for us people, we people, that are going to not do lip service, but are going to go forward in this thing as a good soldier in Jesus Christ, enduring the hardness, and not turning again. To those things as Galatians, Galatians 4 9. Galatians 4 9. That's the one that I went to. Galatians 6 is where I was going to just a minute ago. Galatians 6. Galatians 6. I want to I want to clear that up. Galatians 6. Uh, Verse 9 says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we fight not. But Galatians 4, 9 tells us that after knowing God, or rather being known of God, we again turn back to those weak and beggarly elements and we desire to bring ourselves back into bondage again. So what, we, what he's saying is that after we know God, this is what we do, after we know God, 
Then that thing in us starts pulling on us because we can't wait on God. So now we want to turn back to those weak and beggarly things of the earth again, the drinking, the drugging, the whole hopping, you know the things we do. And that's the stuff that brought us into bondage. See, we, we desire to go back to that again and bring ourselves back into bondage all over again. Am I the only one did that? Ain't that Bible real? You see, when, what, what happens is, is we get up here, this is what God does for us. I know, because I've done it. And then we go to playing with ourselves. You know, that old crazy, that old crazy spirit go to rising up. And instead of us killing it, we connect with unfamiliar spirits, which makes it worse. That makes it easier to fall. It makes it stronger, see. And it'll come because we act like we, got, we owe somebody something. We don't owe nobody nothing but God. Only thing we owe one another is to tell one another the truth about our God and about the error of our ways. If we love each other, that's what we'll do. So what we do is we play with ourselves. And next thing you know, we're desiring to go back to that again. And then we get hypnotized because we go to playing with ourselves, you know. And a man is tempted when he's drawn into his own lust and enticed. And when lust is conceived, it turns into sin, and the wages of sin is death. Now we're dead again in Christ. So we go back. And then we find ourselves back over here hurting, despaired, wondering what happened. In church, we don't need to do this. Then we start isolating ourselves. And when we start isolating ourselves, then we can't get no sound counsel. And then that's when we fall. Everybody does that until they learn not to do it. All of us. All of us. So what we have to do as a people is that we have to continue to receive sound counsel called the Satan counsel. We have to continue to understand that where there is no counsel, the people fall. We have to continue to do that. It has nothing to do, if God didn't love us, then God wouldn't tell us the truth. The Bible says that the Lord chastises every son that he receives. And if we receive the chastisement, then he receives us as a son. Otherwise, we're cast away or a bastard. You know, we don't have a father. Our father is of the devil. So we got to understand. I told a lady this morning, and I'm closing. I told a lady this morning, North Carolina, I called in. Talked to her a while. She, you know, she was talking, she was looking at Benny Hinn, and all is well and good. I said, yeah, that's good. She said, and I tell her about the cross-cultural thing. She said, you don't have Muslims there. I said, yeah, they can be there if they want Christ. They ain't going to be there trying to convert nobody to what they do. Because I ain't trying to reach everybody. I'm only trying to reach those that want to be reached. Amen. Amen. I ain't going over nowhere to nothing that don't want the God that I got. That's where I'm at with this thing now. Because I don't have that kind of time left no more, man. Tell this, I ain't got that kind of time. Now, somebody else might. But see, I don't have that kind of time now. So I got to take what I got and go with it. I got to do that. So that's my thing. My thing is this, is that take it to those that want it. 
And don't waste your time with those that don't want it. Because it's a waste of time to try to give something to somebody. And I'm not giving nothing to nobody, no, no, if they don't want my God to go get it. Can I get an amen on that? And I'm through. Amen.